time than ever here at Crossroads, and uh, God is just on the move, is all I've got to say about it, and so uh, I hope that you're inviting people to be a part of what God's doing here at Crossroads. It's exciting days that we're living in, and I believe the best is yet to come. And uh, that transitions us into this series uh, we're concluding today. We started on Easter Sunday. We're talking about the disciples. We're going to the book of Acts and looking at how things were at the resurrection and post-resurrection. You know, at the crucifixion of Jesus, it didn't look very good. The disciples, discouraged, hiding, afraid. Uh, Their leader is gone. But on Easter Sunday, we learned it was just a temporary exit, wasn't it? Uh, To take care of business, to put to flight death, hell, and the grave. And then he came back triumphant on Easter Sunday, and that changed everything. But that wasn't enough. Uh, Jesus had some more Uh, good things that he wanted to do in and through the disciples. Last week we learned that that happens when we get together and as we're planted in the house of the Lord, as we're rooted in, and as those disciples did that, strength came because two, the Bible says, are better than one. And uh, three-chord strand is hard to break. And so many scriptures about the power of agreement and coming together uh, in, in an agreement type situation. That's why we have our life groups and why we're having summer groups that you can be a part of. And as Kyle mentioned, you can sign up for those today, get information out in the lobby. But today, we're going to look at the third phase uh, that happened because Jesus said, I'm leaving, but... I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending another comforter that he that's with you is going to be in you. And how many know it's better when it's in you? Turn to the person next to you and say, what's in you? What's in you? What's in you? That's that's huge. What's in you? And, And so everyone... You know, uh, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit, and as, as we get ready to talk about the Holy Spirit today, I know that there's just a gamut uh, of different backgrounds in regard to the Holy Spirit. We'll get to one of those here in a moment, because that could be many of you here today. But some of you maybe grew up barely hearing about the Holy Spirit, or kind of being warned about people who talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. And uh, so let's just kind of get a feel for things. Come on, let's have some fun this morning. Uh, Loosen up a little bit and uh, raise your hand if this applies to you. How many of you hardly ever even heard about the Holy Spirit as a kid or growing up? Yeah, okay. How many of you, let's just go through a few uh, different uh, denominations. How many of you grew up Methodist? Okay. How many of you grew up Baptist? How many of you grew up Christian faith? Okay. How many of you grew up Catholic? Okay. 
How many of you grew up nothing? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and then how many of you were warned not to raise your hand in church? It's like, oh, what do I do here? All right. I told you we'd have some fun. I pray, I pray, and I've been praying all week, and I've been praying even before this week for this Sunday, and I've been praying for you for this Sunday, and I've been praying that you would see what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, that you would shake off whatever you've heard before, that you would just shed any Maybe false information, maybe uh, what people's viewpoint was uh, that wasn't necessarily what God says about the Holy Spirit, and that today you would just come with fresh eyes. Can you do that? Just like fresh eyes, fresh ears, fresh heart, and just say, oh God, speak to me this morning. Matter of fact, that'd be pretty good every Sunday, wouldn't it? Just, just come like that. And, and just come this, today and just say, God, I'm open to all that you have for me. And so we're going to look again in the book of Acts. That's where we've been the last couple of weeks. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, then we'll have it up on the screen. But if you do have it, go ahead and flip there. Acts chapter 2. And here's what it says. When the day of Pentecost came. They were all together. Now take note of this because, again, they, they hung together. Because otherwise they felt like we're going to hang separate, you know, uh, because they're after us and, and we've got to be together on this. And, and so they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound. God likes sound. Uh, and he likes loud sound, evidently. Like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house, the whole house where they were sitting. And notice that wind came from heaven. It, it, you know, if you were warned about strange things and whatever, uh, you know, th this came from heaven. It didn't come from hell. It didn't come from just people getting together and getting worked up into a frenzy. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment because uh, that's kind of fun. Uh, and, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of Fire. Now take note of that. The fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them. Everybody say all. All of them. Now, if you look this up, in the original, all means all. Okay? <laughs> means everybody. Everybody that was there. Were filled with the Holy Spirit and... Now, here's some of the strange stuff that we can't fully comprehend. And began to speak. God used their mouths, as he will do. And we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. In other tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. In the next few verses, it says how that different people from different nations were saying, how do these people know my language? They, they shouldn't even know my language. How, how's that possible? How are they talking? And they're talking about the good things of God. How, how's that possible? Amazed, verse 12, and perplexed, they asked one, and here's where my title comes from today, what does this mean? 
In other words, what was that? What just happened? What, what in the world was that? Well, the Holy Spirit came upon these individuals, and here's where, unfortunately, there's a lot of confusion is in regard to the Holy Spirit. And so what some people do, and I, I think this is almost the worst thing to do, is, is since there's confusion with it, let's just ignore it. Let's just don't even talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and then other people, you know, are, are, are concerned, they're, they're afraid and intimidated. And, and even in Bible times, the Bible says that there were people who didn't understand about the Holy Spirit. Let's flip over to Acts chapter 19, and here's what it says. Acts chapter 19, verse 1, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took, took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. Okay, these are disciples, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And look, their answer is the same answer that many of you answer today. Their answer was the same answer that many people in church who, who are disciples, who, who love Jesus, they like to hear about Jesus and talk about Jesus. They said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We've hardly even heard anything about the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. If you want to know who the Holy Spirit is, He is the breath of God. He's the wind. And that's why it's so, it's so awesome how this wind blows in because really one of the translations of spirit is breath. And so it's like God breathed. God allowed this wind, this breath of God to blow into the room. Now, I don't know about you, but I would love for God to blow on me. I, I want some of that wind. How many of you, you could use a little more wind in your sails. You could, you could use a little more lifting power. You, you could use a little bit more of that, right? And so the Bible says he's the wind of God. And so I believe if you knew, listen, if you knew who the Holy Spirit is, you would run to him, not from him. You would want everything that he has. Now, today we're going to talk about Pentecost, or maybe you've heard the word Pentecostal. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think the word Pentecostal is what causes some people to run because you think it either means wearing a whole lot of makeup or no makeup at all, which sometimes both could be scary. I shouldn't say that, but, but anyway, I, sh I knew I shouldn't have said that, but I did it anyway. All right. So actually what Pentecost is, Pentecost is this. Pentecost is not a church name, okay? It is not a church name. It's not a name of people. Pentecost is a date on the calendar. That's actually what Pentecost means and what it is. And it actually means Pentecost... 50 days after, 50 days after Passover. It's on the Jewish calendar. It's as old as the Old Testament. 
And so what they had is they had these festivals. And I want to talk to you about the three main Jewish festivals. Now, why are we going to talk about this? Because it totally relates to what we're looking at in the book of Acts. They had three main festivals, and as a Jewish person, if you could, you were supposed to come to Jerusalem to celebrate these festivals. And, and so there's three different ones, and they're, they're major ones, and they were fulfilled in Jesus. Because in Matthew chapter 5, look at this verse. This is interesting. Matthew chapter 5 says, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. In other words, don't just get rid of your Old Testament because now we're under Jesus and it's a new day and let's just throw that old one out. Jesus said, no, I didn't come to get rid of it. I came to fulfill it. I came to show the point of what was being made. So in other words, we're not going to embrace the uh, process and we're not going to embrace all of the practices, but we are going to embrace the principles, okay? The principles. And I want to show you the principles of these three festivals. First one, if you're taking notes, is Passover. Passover. Passover was the celebration that God instituted in the Jewish camp, and he instituted it in Egypt, and he says, what's going to happen is tonight, there, there's going to be a spirit of death that's going to come over this whole region of the world. And when it comes over, every firstborn that's not sanctified to me is going to be killed. It's going to die. And here's how you can avoid death. And, and the same thing for us spiritually, this is spiritual talk. If you apply the blood of a lamb on the doorpost of your house on one side, the other side, and above, if you'll do that, then I will pass over you. Because the scripture says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And, and so it's interesting that way back, way before crucifixion was ever invented, God had them symbolize crucifixion by putting blood over the door to where it would trip down at the floor and, and there would be this blood form of like a cross on each one of their homes. And what happened is whose ever home had the blood there, the, the spirit of death passed over that household. And now look at this in the New Testament. Look at this in, in 1 Corinthians, I think it is. It says, Christ is our Passover lamb that's been sacrificed. Now here's, here's, here's how, let me explain this. Sometimes we sing songs you don't understand, all of you, okay? And I know that. So let me at least help you with a few. The ones that say lamb, this is why we're singing about a lamb, it's not lamb chops. It's not we like to eat lamb or what's that lamb about or that's kind of weird or whatever. You know, th this is why. Because John the Baptist said, here's God's lamb. We've been offering our lambs up to God. 
But now God has brought his lamb. And he was pointing to Jesus. And he said, now God's furnished the lamb. And after that lamb was slain, no more other lambs needed to be slain. Does that make sense? Because he was the one perfect lamb once and for all, took away the sins of the world. So Jesus fulfilled Passover. Does that make sense? See, there there was Passover, and and God brought the Jewish nation out of Egypt, just like a a, a symbolism of salvation. I'm bringing you out of bondage. I'm bringing you out of slavery, and I'm bringing you into a promised land, just like God does for every person who has Passover with him, who allows Jesus to be their lamb, who allows him to take their sin. All of a sudden, you get translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. All of a sudden all your sins are removed death passes over you you live in a resurrected frame that one day will go to meet your savior and live forever and ever in a place you don't deserve because of him right oh if you're saved shout it out today I about get excited, all right? We have two more, two more, two more. Now, Pentecost is the next one. And Pentecost, again, just means 50. And this Old Testament celebration was Shavuot, okay? That's what they called it in the Old Testament. It was Shavuot. And and in Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 1, we read it on the day of Shavuot. On the day of Pentecost, the day of celebrating Harvest Festival, the day of just coming together in celebration, we were filled with the Spirit. Now, I want to mention another message that I preached on October 21st of last year. I preached on three baptisms that day. And some of you weren't here. Some of you have forgotten it. Thank God for the internet, all right? Because as long as there's an internet, those sermons will be out there. And some of you ought to go back to October 21st and listen to that message again uh, about the three baptisms. But here's, here's what this celebration was about, this Pentecost. It was one of the things they celebrated was the giving of the Torah. Because Moses, listen to this, went up on a mountain and it got cloudy and it got loud. And the people were afraid and fire appeared on the mountain. And God delivered and hand wrote the law of what they should do to honor him with their lives and to make their lives better. And so Moses came down after meeting with God with the Shekinah, the radiance of God upon him with the law of God. And so Pentecost is celebrating with fire, with volume, and with the message of God. It's interesting that Jesus said in Acts 1:8, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come on you. You'll receive this fire, you'll receive th- this enablement, and you will. And last two weeks ago, we talked about you'll be. You, you won't just know, but you'll be. Because how many would rather people be than just know something? Does that make sense? 
Again, how many parents are here? You know, your, your kids can know something, but it's, it's like, no, you be something. That, that's what's important. So we have Passover salvation. We have Pentecost. We have this fiery experience with God and, and God speaking through uh, his people. And then we have the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, that's the third one. And just real quick, uh, this one is really the second coming of Jesus. It's the ultimate fulfillment. In Jewish uh, Old Testament, it was the Sukkot. Everybody say Sukkot. All right, Sukkot. And the Sukkot was a memorial to remind us of the building of booths because the people for 40 years traveled in the wilderness trying to find their way to the promised land. And God said, I want a celebration where you remember where you came from. How many know you ought to remember where you came from? You know, I remember at least where the Lord has brought you to. And that he will ultimately lead, guide, and direct you. And here is the big message. The big message was, you may go through some stuff, all right? You, you may, just because you have Passover and, and just because you have Pentecost, it doesn't mean that life's going to go just so hunky-dory for you. you. You may go through some stuff. You may go wandering through a wilderness experience, and it may even last 40 years, but I'm telling you, I will take you, God says, into the promised land, and I'll be with you, I'll clothe you, I'll care for you, and I'll feed you, and I'll take care of all your needs along the way. That's what he did. And God said, I want you to remember that. I want you to remember, like David said, you know, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed go begging for bread. Never seen it. God takes care of our needs. And, and here's what Jesus did. Jesus took on a tent. Mm, think about that. In the New Testament, instead of us being taking on a tent, Jesus took on a tent and came and tabernacled among us. John said it like this, the word became flesh and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so the, the glory of God came in a tent and then one day your tent, oh, get ready to shout, your tent is going to get called up into God's tent, and you're going to live forever and forever with him and tabernacle with the Lord forever. If you're ready for that, give God a shout today. Man, it's going to be awesome. Now just get ready. First Thessalonians, read it real quick. Here's what it says. First Thessalonians says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout. He's not sending an angel. He's not sending somebody else. He's coming by himself. He's coming on his own. He's coming in person, all right, to receive us. With the voice of the archangel, trumpet call of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord forever. Forever. So it doesn't matter how many followers you have today on Instagram or 
how many friends on Facebook or whatever. Uh, what really matters is forever, right? Forever, not temporary stuff. So let's look at the fulfillment or the meaning of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 and verse 12 says they, they were amazed. They were perplexed. What is this? Why are, how is it that these people, what does this mean? Again, all it means is 50th day. It's not talking about, you know, all of a sudden these people are, are, are something else. It's significant in the day that it happened. And what does this mean? It means these things. Just real quick, we're going to go through some things that the Holy Spirit can do for you. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. This is why you should seek the Holy Spirit. You should want what these disciples had because he enables us to live righteously. Now, I don't know about you, but I need some help with that. Because there's, there's some times in my life where I feel like I go a couple steps forward and a few back. Anybody with me? How many did I lose right now, huh? Are you with me? I, I, the rest of you just polish your halo, you know, just, just look all holy and all. You don't ever mess up. And, and, and so some of us, some of us need spirit empowerment to live a little better than we would otherwise. Because left to ourselves, we blow some stuff up. We'd mess up some relationships. Left to ourselves, we'd get hooked on some things that would drag us down. We, we, we would have some things in our life that would mess us up royally. But the Holy Spirit comes to help us with that. Romans chapter 8, look at what it says in verse 9. You, however, are what? Controlled. Not by the sinful nature, but it implies you can be controlled by the Spirit if the Spirit of God lives in you. I wrote this down. It doesn't make it impossible to sin. It just makes it possible to not. Okay, in other words, you don't have to do that. You don't have to succumb. You don't have to give in. It's not that you can't mess up or whatever. Yeah, you can do that, but you don't have to. You don't have to because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at Galatians, what it says. It says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. See, it's not that I, 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 you know, God said this or God said that. No, God knew what was best. Your marriage is going to be better if you don't commit adultery. Hello? Right? Your business is going to go better if you don't cheat people. It just makes sense, you know? God's, God's design for our lives, it just makes sense. Life's better if we do these things. And so he wrote it down so we could get it clear. Because otherwise, we, I wonder what he meant about that. I wonder if that's really a lie or not. And so what happens is God says there's, there's yet another voice. It's not just the written law, but how many of you have ever heard a voice inside 
And, and you thought, well, I think I'll do this. I, I think I'll go there. And there was a voice that said, mm, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn right right now. The Bible talks about in Isaiah, there'll be times when you'll go down the road and you'll hear a voice they will say whether to go right or left. And, and, and there's been times in my life, I'm sure in yours, and, and some people call it conscious, I call it Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says something, and some of the greatest regrets of my life are ignoring that voice. Anybody with me? It's like, mmm, wish I'd, wish I'd listened. And, and so there's this battle of flesh and spirit. And I don't have time to go into this. We talked about the battle of flesh and spirit back in October. Again, you can access the, those messages on the internet. But he talks about sexual uh, temptations, idols, substitute gods that we put in our lives. How that our relationships, we blow them up with our anger and our hostility and our jealousy and our dysfunction and our drunkenness and whatever. And all these things he talks about in Galatians and he says but the Holy Spirit helps you against all of those things and if you're here today and some of those things or one of those things has messed you up or messed up your life I've got good news for you it doesn't have to any longer because there is a power greater than any power you've ever had before. And, and here's what is, uh, the next one is, is the Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. Not just naturally, but supernaturally. And it's the same spirit that filled Jesus. Look here, I'll prove it to you. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. You know that. And power. And then Jesus, everybody say then. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God. I don't have a whole lot of time this morning, but Jesus got baptized. Up till then, I, I, there's no record of blind eyes opening, lame people walking, or thousands of people gathering at Jesus. But after his baptism, and after the Holy Spirit descends upon him, and after he's out in the wilderness, uh, tempted by the devil for 40 days, and he comes back, Luke tells us, in the power of the Holy Spirit. After that, there's all kinds of healings. There's all kinds of power that takes place. And Acts, Luke tells us how it was. It's because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. See, it's this. I empty myself and let him fill me up with himself. Does that make sense? So I get rid of all, I, that's what John the Baptist said, I, I've got to decrease and he's got to increase. And some of you, the reason you're having trouble in your marriage, the reason you're having trouble with friendships, the reason you're having trouble with different uh, situations in your life is you're the one increasing. It's about you. And what you need and what you want and, you know, what are they going to do for me? And, and John the Baptist said, mm, that's not the way it works, at least well. If you want it to work well, he must increase in your life. First Corinthians chapter 2, look at what it says. 
It says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so your faith may not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's. In other words, when I speak and people say, oh my gosh, you must have had a microphone in my house this week or something that's crazy, and all these people, how did you know to speak to me today? It's because the Holy Spirit knows. And the Holy Spirit guides the words, and there's gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the gifts that I happen to have is a gift of teaching, of taking God's word and applying it to to our lives today. And some of you, you could use that same gift, not just in this room, but in other rooms in this building. There are a, a new generation of future Christ followers. I am so thankful for every adult who gave up their their class and all that they could have done during Sunday school hour when I was growing up in church. I'm thankful for every children's church worker, every volunteer who ever surrounded me and taught me about Jesus and helped me to know him because it changed my life as a young person and affected all the decisions that I ever made. And how awesome if you would do that for five-year-olds and eight-year-olds and whatever-year-olds. You know, if you would serve, if you would come here and serve in the lobby, the cafe, if you'd serve out in the parking lot, if you would share in, in life group and share a word of wisdom at times the Bible talks about. In other words, people at the life group are like, Where'd that come from? Ralph, you're not that smart. You know? And you just, God did it. God's, I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but I'm telling you, when it happens, it's powerful. And God could do that through you. It's our empowerment. It's the empowerment that makes us more than natural. It's super natural and the Holy Spirit enables us here's the next thing to write down to live on mission to live on mission first Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5 says our gospel came to you not simply with words when just with words but also and this one I'm praying today that this message would not just be words to you but it would do this that you'd receive it like this, it would come with power. And that the Holy Spirit would come on you even with deep conviction. That, that all of a sudden you'd have something, you'd sense, you'd feel, you'd know something that you've never known before. The uh, disciples, after this encounter with the Holy Spirit, listen to this, they did something that seemed impossible. The church exploded. Thousands and thousands of people were coming to faith in Christ in spite of the, of the opposition. But they had a conviction in their heart from the Holy Spirit. They knew 
It's real, it's real, it's real. And I'm telling you, if you allow the realness of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, he can change your life. Uh, You're looking at a shy little boy up here on this stage today that God moved upon as a kid, as a teenager, called into ministry to talk in front of people. And it's to the glory of God that I'm up here making any kind of sense today and helping anybody in this place. It's because of him. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, listen to this, doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Because I'm better with the Holy Spirit. And you will be too. You see, it's just like gasoline to a car, right? Gasoline, you've got to have fuel in the car. Otherwise, you can have your car in your garage and it just sits there, and it never runs, never goes anywhere. It just sits there, and you go out there and say, oh, let's just sit in here and smell. (sighs) Mm. Love that leather, don't you? I don't know. Sooner or later, people around you are going to say, hey, let's take this out for a ride. Let's get this out because, let me tell you something, that car was not made, it was not designed just to sit. And you were not designed just to sit. You were to look more like this. Look at this video I made a few years ago. what you were designed to do all right the holy spirit enables you to go further faster better look smarter be more wise more empowered more free more delivered more empowered by the spirit of god than you could be on your own And so when he comes upon you, it changes everything. That's what he designed for you. He was designed to help you go down the road. He is the the power in your tank. He is the one to enable you to go where you've never gone before, to do what you've never done before, to be able to go further, faster, to be able to fight devils off and not succumb to a spirit of fear or any other kind of spirit that wants to take over your home, your marriage, your life, but be able to put all of those things to flight by his power because bottom line, greater is he that's in you and I than he that's in the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that through the Holy Spirit, there is power. And so God, today, we just want more of you. We want more surrender and and we want to seek you more. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I I just want to surrender more to God. I I want more of his power. Maybe you're here and you never heard about the Holy Spirit very much, but, but today you heard enough that you know that's what you lack. You know that's what you need in your life. Or, or maybe you just want more of it, more of him, more of him in your life. Would you just raise a hand and say, yes, I need more, 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 more. Hands all over this room. Father in heaven, 
I know I want more of you, more of you, more of you in my life. I need more of you every day. And so, God, I pray that you will just come and fill every hungry heart in this place this morning. Maybe others of you are here. And maybe it's that first festival, that one that's called Passover. Maybe that's the one you need today. You need to know that when God comes in in judgment over the earth, he's going to pass over you. And the reason why he's going to pass over over you is because the blood has been applied to your life. And what I mean by that and what I explained earlier is Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of Passover. He enables me up here on this stage today to know that if I were to drop dead today or tomorrow or whatever day, that I know that my sins are forgiven. They are washed. They are taken care of. Not because I'm a good person. Not because somehow my good outweighs my past. Not because of something I've done somehow, some way. But because of what He has done for me. He has come and taken my sins away. And if you need that in your life today, will you just raise your hand and say, yes, I need Passover in my life. I want Him to pass over me. Yes, I see those hands over here. God bless you back there. God bless you over here. God bless you over here. God bless you. All right, church family, just pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, just everyone praying, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me, to be my Passover lamb, to be the sacrifice for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Please wash away my past. Forgive me of all my guilt. Give me a new start today. And thank you for receiving me as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord for that. Listen, we've got classes that are starting up again. We've got groups that you can get in and help grow your faith. Here's what we're going to do right now. Here's what we're going to do. Don't.